The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in England, France, and Denmark, and in the states of Hawaii, Ohio, and Oregon. Welcome and thank you for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. Since the beginning of October, I've been starting the show with a tip from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. This is important because when you are self empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul. As you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace. The ideas in my ebook will help you do this with more joy, ease, and grace. Your tip for this week is turn fear into love. Fear is an illusion. Use it to create the positive. When you go into fear, ask yourself, what quality of love do I need more of? Compassion, forgiveness, patience, empathy, gratitude, understanding. Then look for ways to bring that quality more strongly into your life and pay attention as you see more love coming into your life. My next workshop is entitled Energy Healing, and it actually helps you turn fear into love. I've chosen this topic because so many of us live in physical pain and we don't have to. We also don't have to take over-the-counter or prescription meds to make it through the day. From headaches to arthritis to chronic back pain, I continually remove the pain from my own body and successfully help my clients do the same. I have not taken any pain medication, even aspirin, in over 15 years. When we understand that emotions, thoughts, physical illness, and pain become bundled together, we begin to truly heal. Emotions get stuck in our body, creating dis-ease, disease, and pain. We all have different places where we dump these unfelt emotions. The pain is a physical manifestation of our fears and emotional pain. It's easier to pop a pill than to face what is really going on in our lives and in our emotions, but eventually it catches up with us. The longer we put off dealing with the challenges in our lives, the more serious our physical pain becomes, often manifesting into serious or even terminal 
diagnoses. In this hands-on workshop, you will experience several strategies to help you become pain-free, decrease your pain, and or feel relief in the moment. Some of the strategies that you will experience include my ultimate creative problem-solving process, crystals, new breathing techniques, channeling energy, color healing, specific meditation tools, crystal bowls, and sound therapy. We will meet at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas, Saturday, November 21, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing, with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Robert Moss who will talk with us about synchronicity, signs, and symbols. And last week, we had a wonderful show with Bill Phillips, a psychic medium who helps people increase the joy and wonder in their lives by connecting them with their loved ones on the other side. In addition to sharing some beautiful stories with us, he helped us understand that we don't need a medium to communicate with our loved ones who have passed away. We can learn how to do this ourselves. All we need to do is ask and pay attention. We learn to learn more please go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access that fits your schedule. During last week's show, my friend Miriam called in with a question. Since it was at the end of the show, we didn't have much time. So I called her to make sure that she felt satisfied with the answer. She did, and as we continued the conversation, she said that she was really frustrated because she couldn't find an important document. I suggested that she stop her frantic searching and say the following. I give my guides permission in a positive way only to show me where I put the document. She followed my instructions and immediately went to a stack of papers that she had already looked through twice. This time, she went directly to the missing document. Miriam could have thought that it was just by chance that she went back to that particular stack and found what she needed, or she could have seen it as the guidance that it truly was. When we acknowledge that the universe really is communicating with us, our lives change for the better. I have used this technique numerous times to find my keys, lost jewelry, directions, or a person in a crowded venue. To name a few examples, it works every time. Our guides and angels are always present and trying to communicate with us. Since we have free will, we need to ask for their help and guidance. They can only do so much without our explicit permission. I add the words in a positive way only because we can experience life through positive experience or ones that are more challenging. When we ask for something to manifest in a positive way only, we are telling our guides, 
guides that we want good things and we want to learn our lessons through ease and joy. We are coming into a time now in the earth plane where learning through the positive is going to be more common. No request is too big or small. They want to help us and are grateful for when we ask. The trick is learning how to hear the messages. The signs, symbols, and synchronicities in our lives are constant, but in our skepticism, we can spend a lot of time denying them. When we open up to the possibility of these magical experiences, we feel connected, joyful, and grateful. Last week, for instance, my phone decided to call my daughter who was on a hike. It was sitting next to me and I hadn't touched it. I assumed she would be out of communication and I just thought it was a technological glitch. Within two minutes, I received a group text from her telling us that she had completed her adventure. My phone was dialing her while she was writing her text. My guides were alerting me that she was safe and back in communication. One of my new clients who also pays attention to messages told me how she felt that she had been led to me. She described hearing about one of my upcoming radio shows on her car radio. It sounded interesting, so she found the on-demand episode and enjoyed it. Then she was at the yoga center where I had office for a while and saw my literature. She understood these as signs that I was the person who she needed to see. These were synchronicities, not coincidences. She had tears in her eyes as she relayed the sequence of events. When you know at that deep level that your guides are helping you, life becomes a blessing. I was working with another client last week when a yellow petal fell off a rose that was next to us. It was so dramatic that both of us noticed. We were discussing the block that she had just drawn in her creative problem-solving exercise, which was in the color yellow and looked like a ball of yarn that was unraveling. I was saying that it represented the fear that she was releasing from her third chakra and how it explained the physical discomfort she had been feeling in that area. The yellow petal falling off was a signal confirming that the fear was falling away. It was like a loud exclamation point from our guides. It was such a beautiful moment. It felt like time stood still. Whether it's personal or professional, I'm always noticing the communication. The other day, my oldest daughter's deceased godmother was sending her love through my acupuncturist and her daughter. She had contacted me in his office previously. That time, she came to me during my treatment and asked me to take care of her daughter. On my way out, I was surprised to see her daughter in the waiting room. I had no idea we were both going to the same acupuncturist. I arranged for us to have dinner and have seen her numerous times since then through synchronicity rather than by design. On this particular day, Dr. Chen mentioned a new client of his who came in because of pancreatic cancer. He had never mentioned another client before, and I immediately thought of my daughter's godmother, who had died of the same illness. When I left his office, I went to do my grocery shopping and ran into her daughter. We hugged, and she blurted out, it'll be 16 years this week. I know her mother brought us together so that I could give her daughter that hug and listen to her relay experiences that other people would not have appreciated or even understood. I eased the pain of her loss and we got to share our mutual love for her mother. We parted with another hug and a commitment to share another meal. My guides were also busy this week, sending messages through the animal kingdom. One of my favorites is when a grasshopper plants itself on my window, as it did a couple of days ago. There is no denying that it is there for me, telling me that I'm about to take a big leap forward in my life. 
Earlier that day, a large group of red-tailed hawks flew into my visual field. I often see one or two, but this was unusual. Then twice on that day, a flock of geese flew directly over my window in the shape of a V, honking the whole time. This was a new experience for me and very exciting, just the sheer beauty and power of seeing these large birds so close to me and coming right at me was spectacular. So many strong messages coming on the same day was telling me to pay special attention. Something big is happening. My silver lining story this week is also about an animal. My cat Benji is very dear to me. I knew he helps me by transmuting negative energy, but I didn't fully understand how until I called a pet psychic when Benji chose to use my office floor instead of his litter box. He's told her that he was marking my space to clear it of negative energies that my clients were releasing. I suspected that this was the case, but thinking it and knowing it are very different. She was able to tell him that I can keep my own space clear, which I do. The best part was that she told him how much I appreciate his help. I've told him before, but now we have a mutual understanding. I also learned that he chose me because he wanted to be of service and help me with my clients. That was a beautiful silver lining. The crisis brought us closer together as a team and helped me understand why I like to see my clients in my home office. Plus, I now have a pet psychic who I trust to have on the show, which leads me to today's guest, Robert Moss. He teaches people around the world to transform, heal, and optimize their lives. Born in Australia, he survived three near-death experiences in childhood. He leads creative and shamanic adventures all over the world, including a three-year training for teachers of active dreaming and online courses for the Shift Network. A former lecturer in ancient history at the Australian National University, he is a New York Times best-selling novelist, poet, and independent scholar. He's the author of numerous books about dreaming, shamanism, and imagination, including his latest this book, Sidewalk Oracles. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Energy Healing. Then click on store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Then go to calendar of events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. I'll be right back with Robert Moss to talk about signs, symbols, and synchronicity. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You 
are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm your host for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach a lot of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call 866-472-5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com, now or between shows. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. I hope you wrote down times when you might have denied signs, symbols, or synchronicities, and we're here with Robert Moss to talk about this very topic. Welcome. It's so good to have you on the show. Good to be with you, Paula. I learned so much from your book and am so looking forward to this. Um, I was wondering if you would start with um, the personal story. I found it so powerful when you talked about how you found your current home and the messages that you got that confirmed for you that that was the right place. Well, I think you're talking about the first home I had in upstate New York and the role of the red-tailed hawk. Is that the one you're thinking about? Anyway, yes. the one that I'm going to talk about. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> you know, I've been living within reach of New York City for a while and had enough of that. I found it exhausting. And I'm thinking I maybe could move more to a more rural area, get away from big cities, put down some roots in my adopted country. So I'm on a drive to an area 120 miles north of Manhattan, and I find eventually a dilapidated farmhouse, not yet on the market, but it feels right. The realtors are showing it to me. It's not quite sure it's going to be up for sale. And I sit down under an old white oak tree behind the house, and I feel a connection with the tree. I mean, I like trees. My Celtic ancestors thought the oak was a very important tree. So I'm sitting with the oak, and I feel in a funny way at home on this land I've never seen before. And I'm thinking, maybe this is the right place if it becomes available. But if so, Robert, there must be a clearer sign because this is an area where I know nobody. I mean, I have no work to do there except work I invent. Of course, I'm a novelist at the time, so I can do that just about anywhere. And I'm thinking, there needs to be a message. There needs to be a clear signal. And a red-tailed hawk comes circling down, down, lower and lower, squalling at me in a language I feel I might be able to understand if only I could speak hawk. And she (laughs) drops a feather between my legs. And I pick this up and I hold it and I think, wow, you know, coincidence sometimes is, feels like a secret handshake from the universe. This is a kind of unsecret uh, wing brush from the deeper reality. The next week, the property became available. I go up again and I have no doubt now that I'm going to purchase this land and live on it. So I purchased that land because of the red-tailed hawk. And just to follow the loops and spirals of life for a moment, Paula, three years later, dreams and synchronicity led me to sell the property. I was able to sell it in a quite unexpected, unusual way to somebody who valued that land, valued that tree, and recognized her responsibility to be custodian of the land. And I go back into the house after checking it three times. It's all broom clean, no reason to go back in that house. And I hear a rustling in the family room. And I go into the family room, which we actually added to the house. And there in the big fireplace behind the fire screen, I find the source of the rustling when I take the screen away. Somehow down the chimney has come a young red-tailed hawk. So my last action on the land I bought in part because of the hawk is to carry the young one, the fledgling hawk, outside next to my heart, and I release it, and it flies right into the branches of the white oak where the first hawk called me to live on that land. So that's an example of what Aborigines, my native Australia, call the speaking land, that the land is full of voices. The hawk has a voice, of course. The mountain has a voice. The tree has a voice. Things are speaking to us if we'll only pay attention. And if we pay close enough attention, we get guidance for life. And if we carry that attention over an expanse of time and expanse of years, we might notice that there's an interesting looping, spiraling pattern in life. 
another thing that I encourage people to look for. And and I want to pick up on that in just a second, but I also can't help but notice that that was a, a circling in the message of a young hawk, um, because in every ending there's a new beginning, and so there was um, it's kind of a beautiful message even within the fact that the hawk was uh, was a baby. Yeah, that well, yes, you're right. I mean, there is there's a message within the message I spoke about because this is a young one. It can get confused. It can get stuck indoors, which is not where it should be. It needs space to fly free. And actually, that that element in the scene related to my life. I was on a new path, and I hadn't found it securely yet. I was on the path of becoming a dream teacher. That's what I call myself. There's no career track for that in this culture. We're talking about someone who teaches people to dream the old way, the Paleolithic way, to understand that dreams are journeys of the soul and visitations, and that the land is dreaming around us. But it took me some years after that, really, to find my path securely. I would say that for three years, I was still a fledgling. I'd had some big experiences, but I hadn't quite brought them into the world. I had a tendency sometimes to get stuck in chimneys. So thank you for bringing out that element in the scene, which uh, which certainly bears further reflection, the fact that this hawk was not full-grown. The one who gave me the message was a big one. I, I learned later that females are bigger than the males. So I get the first message from the grown, mature female hawk, and I get another message from the young one that needs help in finding where to go. That was actually my situation. Beautiful. And so talk to us about the spiraling. In your book, you talk about the spiral question mark, and I thought that was so beautiful. Well, it it is something that we notice in life, isn't it? Let me preface this by saying that I used to have a recurring evil dream. I won't call it a nightmare because a nightmare in my lexicon is a broken dream. It's an aborted dream. It's one you couldn't finish. This was just a repeating pattern of an unwanted dream. And in this dream, which went on for several years from time to time, uh, I seem to be going round and round in circles in a demonic chorus is singing, the wheel is going to get you, the wheel is going to get you, like that TV show, Wheel of Fortune, the wheel is going to get you. That's the wheel of repetition. And that, you know, however foggy we might be about our personal growth, I think most of us can agree we don't want to just go round and round in circles and repeating ourselves over and over again. That's not a good way to be. That's the wheel of samsara in the philosophy of the East. The spiral path is one on which you're going round in your life and you're noticing that certain situations come up, certain kinds of people come up, certain challenges or temptations come up, but you're not just going through the whole thing all over again. You're not repeating class again, life class again and again and again because you have enough awareness to recognize that when a situation comes up that reminds you of something that happened earlier, you can make a choice. You can make a choice to handle things better. You may or may not make similar decisions, but to make a decision with greater awareness is already an important change. So what I recommend in Sidewalk Oracles as one of the deeper games to play with the patterns of coincidence in life is this. I mean, notice when a situation seems to be repeating itself, right? You're coming up against a similar character, maybe a a similar pattern of conflict or a similar pattern of union or encounter. When, when the circumstances of life resemble something you've been through before, pause. Say, here I am at this point on the looping, spiraling pattern of life. How do I want to choose to conduct myself this time? What choices can I exercise? Am I going to fall into the same trap I fell into before or have I learned enough to avoid it? Or if I cannot really change the, the events, significantly, can I change something important by bringing a different attitude? I think we always have power in life, whatever our circumstances, to choose our attitude. That's another fundamental teaching in my book, Sidewalk Oracles, that we want to consider our attitude, check our attitude, because you know what? Our attitude is forever going ahead of us in life, shaping the events and encounters that we will run into. And I I love that you talk about choice, even if it's just and 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 it's not a small thing to change our attitude, and it's often very difficult to make choices that involve removing people from our lives or um, or diminishing our contact with certain people, especially when they're spouses or um, family members, and yet. It's we continue that spiral of pain 
and we recognize it, and yet we somehow get stuck. There's a, that's well put, Paula. There's a story I tell somewhere in this book, Sidewalk Oracles, about a woman, a woman writer, quite a well-known one, actually, as I recall, who, had, who noticed this spiraling pattern and made a decisive choice when she noticed something repeating itself. She had fallen in love for a guy, and they were going to get married, but there was something about him that troubled her profoundly. He wouldn't let her keep a private journal, a private diary. He would spy on her. He'd look in her journal. She just found this outrageous. As I recall, she actually burnt her journal at one point because she couldn't stand the man she was going to marry spying upon her. She found that horrible. She decided she would put up with the situation, not, not rule him out because of it, because, you know, they had a thing going and so on. Then they get into the marriage. Then the marriage goes bad, and she discovers at a certain point that her husband, now he's her husband, is reading her journal again, spying on her private thoughts and her dreams recorded in her book. She decides this is the break point. She calls the, uh, the divorce attorney. She gets the divorce. So she ignored something once upon a time, realizes now that it was a terrible thing to ignore because we need private space in a journal or to be very private space. When the situation repeats itself, she decides she'll step out of the circle of pain and into the spiral of making better choices based upon a kind of wiser recognition of life's patterns. Absolutely. And it's a difficult choice, but it's worse to stay in the pain. And what you described his behavior was really one of the um, examples of abuse that people don't always understand, but that um, invasion of privacy is key. And she's lucky that she woke up um, before, you know, uh, um, a, a hole before it became too in, in, entrenched. And hopefully she'll notice the signs in the future. Well, it was a bad marriage, and she might have read the sign correctly at the beginning that you don't want to give yourself to someone who's not going to allow you that fundamental privacy, particularly in relation to your secret book, The Book of Your Soul. But as you say, at least she cut her losses at a certain point. Let me note, this kind of story is not a one-off example, the story of, of it being important to hold your private space in terms of keeping your journal. I am a long-time journaler. That means somebody who keeps a personal journal, which I record dreams, but also synchronicity, thoughts, uh, passing reflections on life, little vignettes, little essays, etc. And I can hardly explain to anyone the value of a personal journal until you've kept one for five years. You simply won't understand. This is going to be your personal encyclopedia of symbols and all sorts of other things. It's also the place where you can speak to your soul. And it needs to be a sacrosanct place. You can choose to show anything you like from your journal to someone else, but nobody, absolutely no one, should have the right to intrude on your privacy in relation to that secret book. I have seen many other cases where profound damage was done, often by parents to children, by, by people refusing to allow that, that sacred precinct, that place where someone else can be safe and quiet and alone with their own self, their own soul. Uh, yes, what you're saying is so important. And you do talk about keeping journal uh, a journal in your book and how over time, when you look back, you can use that for new insight. I think I'm greatly into one of the games that, well, there's so many reasons for keeping a journal. We've touched upon a few of them. But now we're moving into a game of synchronicity or chiromancy, a word I, I made up, which has a traditional name. The name is bibliomancy. It means looking into a book, divining through the book, looking in a certain book for guidance or a message. I mean, people of faith have used the Bible like this for a long time, and people who have other books that are holy or sacred to them in some way do, do something with those books for the ancient Greeks. It was the writings of Homer. They'd use the Odyssey or the Iliad. I would say that actually the very best book you can use for getting guidance for the day through bibliomancy, which means opening a book at random with or without a question on your mind, is going to be your very own journal when you've kept one for long enough to have lots of interesting stuff to turn over. A game I play from time to time is to open uh, one of my older journals at random and see what is looking me in the face. And this can produce quite amazingly specific guidance for the day. May I give you an example? Yes, please. 
So I'm about to, this is some years ago now, I'm about to give a workshop at a rural location I've never visited. And and I don't actually know the circumstances. I don't know the layout. I don't know how many people are registered. I have a lot of don't knows in relation to this workshop. I'm rushing out the door, but I grab an old journal, out flies a three-page, single-space type report of a dream from 11 months earlier. Now, 11 months earlier, I had never heard of this place and never accepted the invitation. I look at the old dream report. It begins... 76 people are enrolled to my workshop. So I put this in my pocket. It's, it's three separate pages typed. I drive to the place. I look at the guy at the desk who looks like the guy described in the dream report. And I say, how many people do we have? He says 76. <laughs> okay, now I know the dream is precognitive. It's told me 11 months ahead of time the number of people will be at this workshop. Now I look with keen interest at all the detail of the report. There are bizarre, surreal things going on. In the three days that followed, with no assistant having to handle 76 people in new territory, I used the dream report as my counselor. I realized it had, was alerting me to personality problems that were going to manifest in the workshop. It was alerting me even to the content of some dreams and private experiences that people were going to share in the workshop. So for three days, I had the old dream report with me as a counselor and friend in the absence of any personal assistant. I mean, when you think about that is amazingly specific guidance. It's not just getting a thought for the day. It's getting a whole action plan and a whole way of handling something by remembering to consult your own journal when you've developed the practice and discipline of keeping reports in this depth over time. Wow, that's really, that's a powerful note to end this segment on. So we will come back to talk even more. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you relate release hidden fears and barriers to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, and getting what you truly want in life. You'll also get advance notice about every episode and the on-demand shows sent directly to you. Now on your paper, write down what you're going to do to pay closer attention to signs, symbols, and synchronicities in your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Robert Moss to talk more about this fascinating topic. Be the change. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope that you wrote down what you're going to do to pay closer attention to signs, symbols, and synchronicities in your life. And I'm so glad we're here to talk more with Robert Moss about this and which is detailed in, um, in fascinating stories and ideas for you in his new book, Sidewalk Oracles. And you can also visit him online at mossdreams.com. Robert, welcome back to our show. It's a delight to have you. Well, it's a very lively conversation, Paula. Thank you. And you already got me to look at something in my life by my own spiral question method. So thank you for that. Oh, well, you're welcome. That's um, part of the joy of this is um, discovery. So, and you talk in your book about hearing the first sound of the day, whether it's a bird or an animal or um, somebody talking. And I think most of us don't pay attention to that. So I and it's such an easy thing to do. So I, I, I hope you'll talk with us a little more about that. This is such a fun, simple game. I'd love to give you a recent example, more recent than the book, and then I'd like to tell you one of my favorite stories from Sidewalk Oracles about how this works. Let's let's mention a funny word to start off with. The word is kledon, spelled K-L-E-D-O-N. It's Greek. The Greeks had many oracles, famous Delphic oracle and others, but one of their favorite ways of getting a message for life from the world around you was to listen for the cladon. Now, what is a cladon? Well, it's the first sounds, maybe a bit of conversation, maybe the cry of a bird or something like that. The first sounds that you hear coming out of silence or out of a sort of undifferentiated hubbub, out of white noise, let us say. First sounds, first snatch of conversation. First thing you might hear going out into the street at the start of the day. Well, this week, I went out into the street thinking, well, I might revive a workshop of mine called Dreaming a Life with Heart. And there's a great synchronicity story around that workshop which we may or may not get into later on. So the thought on my mind is, shall I revive this workshop, Dreaming a Life with Heart? I haven't formed this into a question that I'm putting to the world. It's just one of the things I'm turning over in my mind. And I'm walking my funny little dog around a lake in the park, and suddenly a woman comes walking briskly towards me, a stranger. And she's talking quite loudly into her cell phone, and she says, you know, you cannot heal the body without going to the heart. Surely you've learned this already. You cannot heal the body without Mm -hmm. going to the heart. So that was like a pat on the shoulder, like a secret wink from the universe. I'm thinking about a workshop called Dreaming a Life with Heart. I get this message, you cannot heal, including the body, without going to the heart. One of my favorite examples of how this works on a gritty urban street in an extremely ordinary everyday environment produces really wonderful guidance was when I had another theme on my mind. The theme was one of competition between two different projects I had agreed to do. Uh, They're going to run at the same time. They're similar. There could be an element of competition. They're both going to require a lot of time and energy. And I'm starting to feel a little bit anxious about whether I can really balance both of these projects. Have I taken on too much? That's on my mind. And again, I'm walking my dog. A big guy I don't know gets out of a big pickup truck with a big box of something in his arms. He looks at me. He looks at my 20-pound miniature schnauzer, and he says in this deep, booming voice, Well, he can't kill both of us at the same time, can he? <laughs> and for once, for once, I'm speechless. I mean, this, this, this strange, funny remark from the stranger. I go on up the street. What, what did he just say? What does it mean? He can't kill both of us at the same time. Well, he's joking about my little dog, of course. But I suddenly get the message. I'm being told I cannot pull off. I cannot kill in the, in the creative sense. I cannot kill both projects at the same time. I better kill one of them in the other sense. And I'm thinking, well, this is going to be difficult. I'm going to have a painful conversation with someone I'm about to disappoint. And I wait an hour, and then I muster my courage. I pick up the phone to call somebody, the person in charge of one of these projects, to tell him that I'm not going to do it. And he is upset. He's actually a little bit angry. And then I tell him, look, I must explain to you how I reached the moment of decision. I tell him the story about the dog and the stranger, and he can't kill both of us at the same time, can he? And the guy on the end of the phone collapses. He collapses into laughter. He's just rocking with laughter. He says, I get it. I get it. I understand that synchronicity can give us a message. You did the right thing, given what happened in the street. So this, these words from a stranger, what the Greeks would call a cladon, 
not only gave me clarity on a decision I needed to make, which but had not yet made, but they gave me a way of communicating that decision, which was humorous, human, and made all will. I mean, so that's, 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 a, that's one of my favorite recent personal examples of how practical and everyday this approach is. I called the book Sidewalk Oracles, by the way, because what it's saying is here are games you can play any day, anywhere. You don't have to go somewhere exotic or extensive to do these things. You can do these things exactly where you live, on your block or in the park or wherever you choose. So how do people who are not aware, all these messages are around them and they're not noticing, how do they begin to pay attention and learn um, and, and be able to get guidance and information to enhance the quality of their lives? Well, the, the, the very clear and fun answers are in the book in front of you, Paul. The Sidewalk Oracles is a book of games and stories. The stories will arouse you. They'll inspire you to think about all you might be missing if you're not living in the world, being open to magic and open to signs and symbols and open to poetry of rhyme and resemblance. But they'll also give you very simple games you can play any time you like. Let's just take a few of those. This is the real response to your question. For example, I give a couple of ways of playing the game I called Sidewalk Tarot. I made up that phrase because I noticed that sometimes it felt as if the world was dealing me a tarot card. I mean, some of us work with tarot, play with tarot, lay out three cards or just one card or more than, more than that. Well, the tarot deck has 78 cards. The circumstances of everyday life, the incidents, the signs, the symbols have no limit. They're limitless. So you might have to use some imagination to figure things out. The two ways that I play sidewalk tarot any day I feel like it are these. First of all, if I've got a question or theme, like that theme of how to handle the two projects, I'll just walk with it. I might shape it into a specific appeal for guidance, like I'd like guidance on such or such. By the way, the cat is walking over my desk right in front of me as I talk. I think the cat wants to be part of the story. He's a great big Norwegian forest cat, so he's sort of hard to miss. So, so <laughs> he's very interested in the conversation, Paul. I take that as a good sign as a, as, as a big cat who likes both cats and dogs. Uh, so the first version of the game is carry your question or theme. You might get it into a focused form and say, I would like guidance on such and such. Uh, then play the game of receiving the first unusual, unexpected thing that enters your field of perception as a response to your question. It doesn't have to be weird or strange. I remember a woman once with a problem on her life, decided to play the game. She lives in Southern California. She might guess from the rest of the, of the, of the story. She just notices Bob Hope Boulevard on a road sign. She must have passed that road sign a thousand times, but that day it's the first thing she notices, and we talk about it. She says, well, what does it mean? I say, well, who is Bob Hope? I have a ride from outer space. She says, well, he was a very funny guy who got people through tough times through humor and laughter. I said, would that be relevant? Oh, yes, she says. And also there's a memory thing with Bob Hope. He kept a database of 400,000 jokes. Anyway, so just uh. noticing that street sign you might have seen a thousand times was her message. The other way of playing sidewalk tarot is give yourself a period of time when you're free to just notice what's going on around you. It could be on your commute. It could be in the lunch break. It could be 15 minutes of a walk around the block, around the neighborhood or in the park. And just collect three things that you notice of any kind with all of your senses in the world around you and see if you can see the elements of a story or a message in those three things. It might be the vanity plate on that car. It might be that snatch of conversation. So those are two games that, that become almost irresistible once you've started playing them. And, and you'll start getting messages, and you'll also notice patterns of resemblance. You'll also notice how your own perception works and where it fails to work. You'll notice how you're not using all of your senses necessarily, not necessarily in touch with the world with all the ways that you might be. So that's a way you can start. So... Um, and as you say, there are so many ideas in your book. And I'm wondering, we have just another minute, but I'm wondering how people can get over their skepticism. Well, you require openness. You require availability you want to be open and available to these things. You won't find magic in your world unless there's magic inside you, you know. You, you simply won't. So if you're carrying around a sort of really hard-nosed skepticism, well, then you're probably putting a barrier between yourself and all the, the fun and play and, 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 and poetry uh, that could be in your world. And the original skeptics, the original Greek skeptics, I was thinking about them again this morning for other reasons, they weren't like the hardened skeptics we have today. They, they, met, they had a doctrine of what they called, of what they called uh, submission. 
submission meant you withdraw your projected meanings from the things around you and let them speak for themselves. Epoche, it's called in in the doctrine of the skeptics. The original skeptics recommended putting down our conventional explanations, interpretations, uh, reductions about things, and letting the phenomena that enter our perception speak for themselves. If you go back to the original approach of the skeptics, you might find that it is not at odds with what I'm talking about. So if you say, I can't do this because I'm a skeptic, you might forget what the original skeptics did, which was they had a practice of withholding definitions and judgments from reality and enjoying reality and studying reality as it appeared to them. What a beautiful way to live life. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your joy and magic with us, Robert. I truly appreciate it. Pleasure, Paula. May your best dreams come true. Thank you, and you too. And Robert can be reached at mossdreams.com, and his book, Sidewalk Oracles, can be purchased on my website under um, resources. And um, thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the resources page to purchase Robert's book and mine, and then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Overcoming Abuse, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Energy Healing, the Om Awakening. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. Literally thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, heart, and spirit resulting in faster progress and profound healing. Click on the link to register for my new workshop, Energy Healing, then go to the calendar of events and press click here to send me an email. Those of you, um, I'm sorry, the next um, Thursday, please join us when Dr. Robert Weber will talk with us about aging as a spiritual path and even a mystical experience. In the meantime, if you have a difficulty in your own life or an inspirational story, please leave a phone message at 214-736-4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.